out of Austin, Texas. You're listening to the Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast. Here's your host, Sheila Dean. Good afternoon, Jay. It's day 14 of 100 Days of Colin. And we have booked Kathy Guillermo on brain testing and animals for Neuralink. And so we're waiting for her to call in. Sometimes, sometimes things don't go off without necessarily a hitch. So we're just going to send another invitation. Let's see here. To Kathy. Invite. Okay. Um, <clears throat> see if that's her. That's Joe. Welcome for welcome to the Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast, Joe. So um, we have a dot for Kathy Garamo. She followed last night, and I hope she remembered to come to the room. Today we're supposed to be talking about <clears throat> Neuralink and the brain investment into animal testing, testing that must probably be being explored. How are you going to manifest a neurobiological technology without some sort of either human testing or animal testing of any relevance? I wonder if it's internal or external. But Neuralink is supposed to be a brain barrier technology. So let's just let's quickly, quickly go to... Okay, here we are. So Neuralink is breakthrough technology for the brain. <clears throat> Let's go interfacing with the brain. So if you go to Neuralink.com, it pulls up the site. This is just a basic. We're aiming to design a fully implantable, cosmetically invisible brain-computer interface to let you control a computer or a mobile device anywhere you go. Micron scale threads would be inserted into the area of the brain that control movement. Each thread contains many electrodes and connects them to an implant called the link. So this is an invasive technology that, you know, presumably you're going to put there by... You're going to put it there. Um, <clears throat> so they have neural implant and electrode array looks like a little Macron sandwich, you know, a little chocolate on the bottom, a little, little caramel on the top, and maybe some gold, gold-plated something in the middle. So it looks about the size of a, I don't know, like, like a quarter, and it's about a quarter of an inch to half an inch thick, if you go there now. Um, <clears throat> So there's some neural threads. Each small and flexible thread contains many electrodes for detecting neural signals. There's a charger. It charges wirelessly, I would imagine. So in order to operate. So precision automated neurosurgery. So the surgery itself for Neuralink is automated. 
automated. Okay, let's see if there's any any additional. Nope, just a just a photo of someone under a gold sheet at the top of their head uh, and some surgeons. No further information there from the site. Okay, so what is Neuralink developing? What are the biggest challenges to making it a scalable brain computer interface BCI? Does Neuralink system differ from other BCI devices? So the the billing is to be in control. It's supposed to go along with a, a mobile app. Neuralink is supposed to get you wired into your mobile device. So it's Bluetooth enabled. So Neuralink has this brain interface that's enabled with these little wires that spray or kind of marble into your the meat of your brain. And then, you know, I, I don't see any safety statements or any kind of ethics statements here anywhere. Approach, let's look at the approach. Applications, directly between brain and tech, everyday technology. So, I mean, this is just a casual look at what, what Neuralink is supposed to be, do, say, whatever. And, um, <clears throat> so let's see. Kathy Guillermo, be a no-show five, six minutes into this program. So what I can do is I can move ahead, but, and I'll try one last time to get a hold of her. Um, but it looks as though she has forfeit this opportunity to come speak to us, even though she was booked. Um, she did not make the date, so. And uh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> uh, but I will say that I'll just pull up these uh, Love and Rescued. I get these, these um, I am a donor, so I get these newsletters from Ingrid Newkirk faithfully demanding slash asking for money all the time. So I've got the shipments of violence, the clandestine nasty world of the monkey trade. So my presumption here is that they're doing some kind of animal testing of some sort. And if they're not using monkeys, they're using humans, which are another form of primate monkey. These are people who maybe who have volunteered for this. There's no real way of knowing. But in the event that we kind of are filling in the space of <clears throat> objective reality here, let's say it be a monkey. So where do they get the monkeys? Well, the clandestine nasty world of the monkey trade. That's where they get it. Have you ever wondered where the 108,000 monkeys currently held in U.S. laboratories came from? And actually, Kathy wrote the book on monkey testing. She says, Senior Vice President of PETA, author of Monkey Business, The Disturbing Case That Launched the Animal Rights Movement. And she is Senior Vice President. Guillermo has directed PETA's successful efforts to uncover abuses in labs, to work with whistleblowers to expose violations of animal protection laws, to prompt federal and state agencies to cite laboratories for violations, and to replace animals in laboratories with modern, non-animal methods of experimentation. 
22-year veteran of PETA, Guillermo was originally hired as to head PETA's cosmetic testing campaign. So that is the HuffPost bio that I was able to pull up. Let me see here. Experiments call for monkeys by the tens of thousands, and there's a billion-dollar industry to support their demand. Monkeys are abducted from their forest homes or bred on faraway factory farms and then flown and trucked in like cargo to laboratories where they're mutilated, poisoned, deprived of food and water, forcibly, forcibly immobilized, infected with painful and deadly diseases, and psychologically tormented. Very few have made it out of the laboratories alive, and none ever make it home. So for years, PETA has successfully campaigned for commercial and charter airlines, including United Air China and Kenya Airways to remove themselves from the monkey trade and in June we scored a massive victory when Air France the last major passenger airline in the world still transporting monkeys to the laboratories announced that it would stop flying the monkeys to the laboratories we won't fly them so monkeys are crammed into small wooden crates and then loaded onto planes by the hundreds for a dark and terrifying flight leading to certain death when we set our sides on Egypt Air, a small airline that reportedly flew as many as 5,000 monkeys in just 90 days on a terrifying 30-hour journey to the U.S. so that they could be delivered to experimenters, but in less than three months following more than 70,000 phone calls and emails from PETA, supporters, and numerous protests around the world, Egypt Air capitulated. And we're not done yet. Waymos Air, which is owned in part by the Royal Caribbean, has transported 720 monkeys in 144 wooden shipping crates from Cambodia to Houston. See the Take Action for Animals sidebar in this newsletter to tell Waymos Air that monkeys aren't cargo. So that's a Houston connection, so I am I am in the burden of service to go to that and participate. <clears throat> so this practice of shipping primates, primates is not only unspeakably cruel, the monkeys, but it also poses a threat to humans. The risk of transmission of pathogens from the monkeys to humans is greater than with many other groups of animals. The primates are known to carry and transmit the deadly herpes B virus, which has killed workers in primate laboratories. In addition to salmonella, tuberculosis, and Ebola-like viruses, a parasite that causes malaria, and a virus that calls, causes dengue fever, and more. So PETA is shutting down this vile trade and also ending the cruel, crude experiments on animals that are at the center of this bloody, bloody business. So there's so many things, so many gaps in the research and ethics when it comes to these things. There is just zero, zero, zero. Neuralink plus ethics. Jumpstart did a quick one here. How does the Neuralink chip work? Ethical issues surrounding Neuralink. Alleged animal cruelty right there at the top. Bam! With the test on Gertrude, experts have concluded that the wireless nature of the chip could be beneficial for animal testing because it does not involve wires poking throughout their skin. However, when the test testing moved on to monkeys, reports of animal cruelty soon began cropping up. The U.S.-based Animal Rights Group's Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine 
alleged that out of the 23 monkeys owned by Neuralink, only seven had survived the testing process. Okay, and this is going to be debuted as, you know, ready for prime time on November 30th of this year. All the monkeys died. Where to get that monkeys? Dead monkeys. As of February 2022, PCRM filed an official complaint with the U.S. Department of Agriculture against Neuralink for inadequate animal care and invasive testing. The company has refuted the allegations, assuming, affirming that it works with animals in a humane manner. However, PCRM has filed a second lawsuit and continues to claim that the animals were mutilated and left to die. Also, mind control. As absurd as it sounds, why not? Because Bluetooth carries so many projections from so many systems. What could possibly go wrong with an unencrypted, open-source wireless technology being planted in your head? What could happen? What could possibly go wrong? Anyways, so yes, as it's absurd as it sounds, that there is a concern that Neuralink brain chips would be susceptible to hacking and in turn mind control. The technology's core strength, the ability to operate devices through your brain, is also its biggest flaw. The chips link the brain to computers and thus could provide hackers a path into the brain. Though this path hackers could potentially convince high net worth individuals to send their money to the hacker's account and even manipulate elections in a specific candidate's favor. Do my bidding. I have a Neuralink. No, you do my bidding. Ah, hacker! The company says that the chip would connect to your phone using a Bluetooth, which has a weak security standard. I just said that. Oh, my God. You had to be like... Okay. Musk has also mentioned that the Neuralink app, you know, on a phone, would connect the smartphone to the to the brain. And it would be in the app store, which is also worrying many experts. They also believe that people might accidentally download the copycat app, which, again, could endanger the security of the chip or the person holding the brain chip. <clears throat> Imagine getting a crappy counterfeit version of the app and ends up being like some North Korean version of it. Like, ha ha ha, we have you now. What's it? Pay up now or we kill you. Or we tell you to kill your children. We'll make you do it because we're in control now. Altered personalities. The, tech- <laughs> the technology actually ends up being capable of stimulating brain activity, as the company claims, could alter people's personalities. While this might seem helpful for people recovering from mental health issues, without the need for therapy or medication, it could lead to side effects. The brain stimulation provided by the chip might not always have positive effects, and it could end up fueling violent or aggressive impulses. Physical and mental enhancement. Some are concerned that the chip's ability to enhance human capabilities in the long run could mean that some people would end up with physical and mental advantages over others. Moreover, getting a chip implanted into your skull certainly wouldn't be something everyone can afford. The Neuralink demonstration in 2020 must said that including the surgery, the price of the implant could be a couple of thousand dollars, which means that the benefits of the enhancement would only be enjoyed by a wealthy few Um, thus widening the gap between the rich and the poor. Well, I mean, this is kind of arguable. If it's a couple thousand dollars, I mean, a car is a couple of grand. 
like a a cheap car like a low grade cheap car that is not new a used one so for the price of a used crappy used car you could get a Neuralink and um, <clears throat> which you know depending on whether you need it or not I would say that people in the tech world or people who are you know making a hundred thousand dollars a year which there are many could afford it arguably and so there might be you know your neighbor small business owner guy they could probably have it um, <clears throat> but uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't bank on it so seven of the monkeys died and Kathy Guillermo does not have to come on my show to tell me that seven of the monkeys died where they get their monkeys? Someplace clandestine. So, I'm going to kind of cash out on this one. Um, I appreciate you stopping in, Joe, but it's not a barn burner. <laughs> I think it's it's pretty obvious uh, what has been going on and what could be going on with this problem of Neuralink. Uh, I urge you to not trust any, any well-tested technology, but the testing dynamic for brain barrier technologies are going to be continuing to be problematic. So <clears throat> with that, I appreciate you listening and attending. This has been The Unsanctioned Citizen. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit the subscribe button. Remember that callers are welcome. Subscribers can access Unsanctioned Citizen podcast archives at Substack, Automatic, iHeartRadio podcasts, and call-in. Please stay in touch. We want to hear from you. Visit SheilaMDean.com.